0: The Gospel according to Matthew, the 22nd chapter, beginning to read at the first verse. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a marriage feast for his son." and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the marriage feast. But they would not come. Again he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, Behold, I have made ready my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves are killed and everything is ready. Come to the marriage feast. But they made light of it and went off one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those invited We're not worthy. Go, therefore, to the thoroughfares and invite to the marriage feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garments. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And the man was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and cast him into the outer darkness. There men will weep and gnash their teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen amen and amen Jesus compared the kingdom of heaven to a party a wedding reception a happy time he seems to think the thing that we are involved in should be happy Joyous, loving, powerful. There should be a presence felt within the party that you can find nowhere else. And in these two parables, yes, we really have read two parables, end to end, Jesus indicates, I think, that anybody and everybody is invited to the party anybody and everybody has an invitation to the wedding reception and then he goes on to point out that there are only three things only three things that will ever keep anybody out of the kingdom of heaven one is an open deliberate refusal refusal to accept the gracious invitation of the king to come into the kingdom Two, excuses. No matter what their nature and no matter how we try to justify them, family, work, or social excuses, they can keep people out of the kingdom of God. And the third thing that kicks us out of the kingdom is when we come accepting the invitation but are not willing to yield to the commands and the conditions of the king. The way Jesus puts it, we get thrown out when we don't bring the wedding garment. When we don't wear the wedding garment, we stand in jeopardy with our God. Now, that's the group that I want us to think about today. We're not talking about those who deliberately refuse an invitation to come into the kingdom. They're not here, so we're not going to be spending time with them. And those who have made excuses and have what they think something better to do today than to come to worship or to be a part of the kingdom, well, we're not going to talk about them. But I would like us to think about those of us who have accepted the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And either through baptism or through our profession of faith, we have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And hence, we have come into the kingdom. But we've gotten a little sloppy about the wearing of our wedding garments. And folks, let me tell you in all kindness, when we do that, we stand in jeopardy. Because whether you like to believe it or not, God does throw people out of the kingdom, just as kings throw guests out of the wedding reception who do not abide by the conditions and the commands of the Lord. Your wedding garment you have one if you're a Christian you have a wedding garment oh you didn't buy it nobody can buy this kind of a wedding garment no one of us individually or collectively has enough money to buy this kind of wedding garment this wedding garment is a gift and that's the only way you can get it is when you receive it in faith from God who gives it to us by His grace. It's a very expensive garment. It's been bought with a price, and that price was the death of God's own Son, Jesus Christ. It's a garment that has been washed in the blood of the Lamb. It's a garment that is so durable it will never, ever wear out. It is a garment that is so strong that it and it alone is able to contain and cover the great desire of sin that is in each one of us. It is a garment that is so closely knitted and woven that it and only it can cover the dirtiness that is on each one of us and covers our spiritual nakedness. The wedding garment is what Paul was talking about when he says that we must put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see, the problem with so many of us within the church who consider ourselves as a part of God's earthly and heavenly kingdom is so often we forget to put on the wedding garment. The wedding garment is ours, as a gift, it's the only way we get it when in faith we reach out and say, thank you, Lord, for giving me mine. But it does you absolutely no good, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't put it on. The man in this second parable was in trouble not because he did not have a wedding garment, but because he did not have the wedding garment on. Read very carefully what the king says, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And it said the friend was silent. Do you know why he was silent? Because he had no answer. Some of the Bible scholars claim, you see, that when anybody came to a king's place for a wedding reception, the king had servants standing at the door providing the proper wedding garment and no doubt this individual who had come from the highways and the bad ways who had come to be a part of that wedding reception after graciously accepting the invitation to come in some servant had given him the wedding garment but for some reason or another the man would not put it on perhaps he threw it over his arm perhaps he put it in a cloakroom perhaps he went out and put it in his vehicle to take home and store for some great occasion but he didn't have it on and the reason he was silent was because he didn't have an answer as to where his garment was. He knew that he had been given one. The rest of the people who had put on their wedding garments, they knew where they had gotten them. They had put them on. And the king was only being kind when he said, Friend, where is your garment? When in actuality he asked him, Why don't you have it on? You see, that's where we get in trouble with God, ladies and gentlemen. That's where you and I stand in jeopardy. When God has given us His only begotten Son to die, to provide us, covering for our sin, the warmth, love, and being a part of the kingdom. And He's given us And we have taken it, but we forget to wear it. How many people there are in the church today who just don't wear the wedding garment? That wedding garment has been given to cover sin, yet how many of us still refuse to believe that God has covered over our sin? See what I mean? God gave us the wedding garment washed in the blood of His own Son, Jesus Christ, and we're told if we put it on where it is washed whiter than snow, yet how many of us still feel very, very dirty and unworthy? God says if we put on Jesus Christ, the love of God will come into our hearts, But how many of us still walk around with hidden sins and little animosities and great big hates for brothers and sisters. God said that when we put on Jesus Christ, the mind of Christ will be in us. But how many of us do not put on the Lord Jesus Christ and instead of the mind of Christ being the motivation of our being, it's anger, littleness, bitterness, and trying to get even with somebody else. We stand in jeopardy, oh, we stand in jeopardy, ladies and gentlemen, when the wedding garment that has been given to us by God's grace through his Holy Spirit, we say we have it, but we don't put it on. I want to tell you something, though, if you do have the courage to put on Jesus Christ, If you will wear your wedding garment, not only here at church, but wear it wherever you go, you're going to find that it doesn't fit. I'm sorry, God's wedding garments come in one size, large. And no matter what size or shape your physique, the wedding garment that God has given to you will not fit fit it will be too big we don't like that At least I don't like that I'm like some of you when I go to get a new suit of clothes I never go until I've been on a diet for at least two or three days and then when I go and finally pick out a piece of cloth and stand before those three mirrors I do what you do you taught me how to do it You pull it in and you throw it back and you stand there as he measures and then you go and pick up the garment and you bring it home and it doesn't fit because it's too tight God's wedding garment won't be too tight on anybody it will be too big because that's the way god makes his wedding garments because when god gives you the garment he gives it to you when you come as you are but he gives you a garment with the idea that you're never going to remain as you are but that you're going to become a bigger and better person the headdress on this wedding garment is bigger than your heads to allow the mind of christ to be in you the blouse of this wedding garment is bigger than you so that Your heart can expand with goodness and kindness and gentleness. The shoulders on the wedding garment are much bigger than your shoulders with the idea that God is going to supply you with the power to accept even bigger and greater responsibility in His world. The legend area of the garment, the, the wedding garment that God will give to you will be bigger than your legs, with the idea that you will be able to run and not grow weary, you'll be able to walk and not grow faint. The robe will probably one be one that you walk on. It's so big. But that is so that you may walk in the ways not only of righteousness but of quietness and in peace. Yeah. Your wedding garment is always bigger than you. And that's how God designs it, because God never put us on the earth just to remain as we are, but He expects us by His grace and with His garment to grow to be bigger and better people. Than we are today. But I want to tell you something else about this wedding garment. It's going to be very, very restrictive. It's going to be so big that it's going to prohibit you from doing and saying some of the things that you would like to do and say. Wedding garments. You know, we're seeing a lot of them around the church these days. Seven weddings we have in this sanctuary this month alone we had two of them yesterday and it's always a very wonderful and happy experience and i have a procedure that i go through always 10 minutes before the service is to begin i go to the bride's room to to make sure that the people that are supposed to be there are there and that the bride is still there <laughs> and a couple of weeks ago I went as my custom was into the bride's room and lo and behold there she was in all of her radiant glory there must have been at least twenty miles of silk and lace in that dress it was mammoth she looked beautiful and she acted just like a statue she couldn't move They told her not to sit down. She couldn't even if she wanted to. I wasn't even sure if she was standing up. She seemed to be suspended in the air. It took five minutes and five people to help her from the bride's room to the back of the aisle, a matter of no more than 25 feet, because she was restricted wherever she went. And that's the way wedding garments are supposed to be. And some of you will find that when you put on Jesus Christ, you won't be able to go to some of the places where maybe you would like to go. You don't read some of the books that other people read and you think you might want to read, but that would be an offense to the wedding garment you wear. You're not at freedom to say some of the things that you would like to say because now you see you are a part of the pride of Jesus Christ. You're restricted to being dressed in the clothes of God. And in this day of permissiveness, this day when we have interpreted freedom as meaning license. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for people who wear wedding garments and are not ashamed and who are willing to say no. I am robed with Christ and I will not mar his name or hurt his honor by going doing or saying some of the things that are unworthy for a son or a daughter of christ there's something else i want you to know about the wedding garment it's supposed to be very beautiful have you ever noticed? I've never seen an ugly girl dressed in a wedding gown. They say we, we've had a lot of weddings recently, and you can imagine over 21 years how many weddings I've had. I still haven't gotten the notion that I still know a lot about weddings. And I am a little particular. Consequently, every wedding rehearsal that we have in this church lasts one hour and a half. And I think I could write a book on what has happened at wedding rehearsals. In 21 years, I've seen dress completely change. It used to come, they came in suits. Some of them still do, but today it's more sport clothes to the wedding rehearsal. And I hate to tell you, a couple of weeks ago, I conducted one when they were in blue jeans. I see them clown around, I tell them how to stand, they slouch. I tell them where to put their hands, they don't do it. I have to remind them that tomorrow dressed in their formal clothing, they're going to be a little more restrictive and they're not going to be able to move as quickly as they do at rehearsal. And then we go home, maybe there's a rehearsal party. And then comes the next day, and as always, I'm here one hour before the wedding begins, and so are the ushers. And, you know, sometimes I have to go and reintroduce myself to those people who I was with the night before. They don't look the same. Oh, those men, boy, all dressed up in their $48 rented tuxedos. Boy, even the shoes are shined. Sometimes they wear brown socks with black shoes, but you don't see that they're all dressed up and the girls they're beautiful and they come down that aisle and they stand up here like soldiers and oftentimes during the long procession and as many of you brides know are married in this church that aisle is long I survey the congregation and oftentimes like last night I looked down here and saw a little girl she couldn't have been more than ten or eleven just beaming living in a fairyland Imagining the day when she will too walk down this aisle and Be dressed in the beautiful of wedding garments That's beautiful Because you see that is why God gives to us wedding garments We're to be beautiful and within the kingdom that's the trouble some of us aren't wearing the garments and people don't see how beautiful we are and how beautiful christ has made us we talk today about evangelism let's not allow that big word to stand in the way of a simple process you know the best way of evangelism not to build big beautiful churches Evangelism doesn't even work very much through the effectiveness of a minister. But you know how people come to Christ? When they see you, and they see you beautifully robed in spirit, and when they say, I want to become like you, when you wear your wedding garment and look beautiful, that's what attracts people to come to the kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, all I want to say here today is remember you stand in jeopardy with our Lord. And also remember that the kingdom here on earth needs you. So put on that wedding garment. Put it on. Fill it out. Restrict you where it will. But remember you're beautiful. Beautiful. And with that wedding garment, you are God's beautiful person to help advertise and bring in those people who up to this time have refused the invitation to come to the feast, the happiness, and the joy of God's kingdom. Amen. Father, forgive us. Forgive us when we try to get and not give. Forgive us when we try to take off and forget to put on. Forgive us, Lord, when we make our faith something less than what it's supposed to be when we are hypocritical when we claim one thing but do not show it in our lives please father help us from this moment on to wear your wedding garment and to wear it well and now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the communion of his Holy Spirit be and abide with you all now and forevermore.